Jeff Chan. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Uh, so first off, congratulations on your uh, 1FC uh, debut. Uh, we got the uh, rear naked choke submission. How'd that feel? It felt great. I mean, I was uh, expecting to win the fight by striking, but I'll take the win. Nice. That was your first submission victory uh, in a pro fight, correct? Uh, no, it would be my second. Okay. My second, yeah. Nice. Um, one thing uh, I wanted to ask you about, uh, so have you heard of Jeff Chang? Jeff, yeah, I have. Have you ever been mistaken shortcut? for him? <laughs> um, I think people joke around and call me Jeff Chang, but uh, yeah. no one has actually been mistaken. He, he's like twice my size. Yeah, I was just wondering because you guys are both kind of YouTube stars, jacked Asian guys with very similar <laughs> names. <laughs> yeah. I've heard his name definitely. I don't think he's really on YouTube anymore. He's just he's like sold his company. Okay, nice. Um, so what was it like uh, competing in a closed event uh, with One FC in February? Uh, you know what? I think it actually played to my advantage because apparently my opponent was Singapore's hometown hero, and uh, I heard there are a lot of Singaporeans that wanted him to win. So. You know, not that there would have been booze. I don't know. But if there were, that may have affected me. Uh, but because uh, it was a closed door event, uh, you know, I couldn't hear anything if there were any booze. And I'm very used to being on camera and, uh, and you know, fighting in front of a, a crowd, a small crowd at least. So mm -hmm. it worked out for me. Nice. Um, I actually, uh, I think I met your buddy one time, uh, uh, this guy Larry in uh, Diamond Muay Thai. Okay, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I know Larry. A few years ago, uh, we'd been training uh, in Copenhagen, Thailand, uh, and he said he knew you. And then uh, later on, uh, he, I was working at Photai Fusion, and okay. uh, he came in, I think, with you. And it was just uh, such a small world. Uh, <laughs> Wait, uh, Photai Fusion in Ottawa? Or? Yeah, yeah, in Barhaven. I'm okay. from Ottawa. Uh, yes, yes, I remember, I remember. Yeah, he came to visit me one time, uh, I think maybe like a year ago. Two, two years ago, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's next for your career? Uh, honestly, I'm just, uh, playing about a year, taking one fight at a time. I mean, they did offer me a fight after my first fight. Uh, but then obviously due to COVID-19, all the events have been closed. So right now I'm just, you know, waiting for COVID-19 to go away for the lockdown to lift at least, um, to get back into training and, uh, take, take it one day at a time. Nice. Um, I mean, my main priority is making content on YouTube, so I'm still keeping up with that, even though I'm, you know, locked down at home. Okay. Yeah, I'd read an interview with you, and it said, uh, like, unlike most people who are wanting to uh, become the champion or be the best, you are more concerned with becoming the best version of yourself. Exactly. Um, so one thing I was wondering is what exactly would you say would be the best version of yourself? Um, just as long as I have an open mind and I'm always growing as a person, uh, being a martial artist is not only being good at fighting, but just becoming a better person. But uh, in regards to martial arts, just getting better, stronger, faster, uh, sharper, learning, just always learning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, I don't think it's possible to be the best in the world. There's always going to be someone that will catch up to you there's always someone younger than you so to be the best is a little is in my opinion uh not possible so as long as i'm the best version of myself i'm satisfied nice. um and uh having that kind of mindset 
Uh, I feel like 1FC is an awesome fit for you because uh, I know um, Chatri Sityadtong, uh, he kind of doesn't like the UFC's approach to promotion where they kind of highlight the worst aspects of martial arts. And I was watching an interview, he said, uh, UFC is more like a fight where 1FC is more about the true martial arts and the self-improvement. Uh, he cut out there. Can you repeat that one more time? I was just saying how uh, Sit Yad Tong, uh, his promotion style is more about uh, becoming the best version of yourself and highlighting the best aspects of martial arts and using it kind of as like a, a means of bettering society. And uh, whereas UFC is more focused on the trash talk and kind of highlights the uh, not as good aspects of martial arts. I totally agree. Uh, UFC, there's a lot of trash talk, and I'm, you know, I'm sure most of the UFC fighters are actual nice people in person, yeah. uh, but they get paid to uh, trash talk and hype up, hype themselves up. Like I heard Conor McGregor is a super nice guy in person, but you know, obviously trash talks, and it works for him. Uh, me personally, suck at trash talking. I don't like trash talking, and I'm happy that with one championship, they don't expect it nor do they want it. Yeah. So yeah, I believe it's a good fit for me. Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really weird when uh, certain UFC fighters who you can tell are genuinely nice people are kind of like trying to put on a facade to kind of sell the fight. It's a, it's a bit of a weird thing. Yeah, sometimes it's just awkward. Yeah, it takes away from the martial arts. Yeah. Um, so also another thing I want to talk about is 1FC has a bit of a different approach to weight cutting. Uh, from my understanding, they uh, test your hydration levels. Um, can you tell us a bit about yep. that? Uh, so first, I'd say I'd like to say that it's a it's a great system. I like it so much more than any other uh, fight promotion. I think they're the only fight promotion that does that. So I'm in the bantamweight class, and in any other bantamweight, it's 135 on the dot. Uh, for one championship, it's 135 to 145. So I can be anywhere between 135 and 145. But the only thing is, I cannot cut any water weight. Now, when I normally cut to 135 in other organizations, I would diet down to about 143 and then water cut to 135. And by then I'm like, <laughs> my face is all sucked up. Yeah. With one championship, not only do I only have to diet down to 145, I don't need to cut any water at all. So I feel much better. Um, it's a much easier process. Uh, it can be a bit tricky though. Not tricky, but you have to be hydrated. So yeah. I, you know, luckily I passed my hydration test, but I actually came close to failing the hydration test because I wasn't sure, you know, how hydrated you need to be or what's considered hydrated. And I know there are two fighters who like one of the co-main events, uh, they failed the hydration test and they're like veterans in the sport. Yeah. And, uh, it's just simply because we didn't understand how hydrated you needed to be. I see. Do you think the UFC will ever implement a similar system or that they should? They definitely should. I don't think they will. I think uh, I think they they like what they're doing right now, and yeah, I can see that. Yeah, uh, I'm from. I I do wrestling, so uh, it's a huge part of the sport. And like, I honestly think it's the worst part of the sport, personally. Uh, anyways, uh, speaking of wrestling, uh, you recently switched camps to uh, uh, to Farasa Hobby's camp, uh, TriStar, and. How are you liking it there? I love it there. I mean, right now I'm back at home in Ottawa because all the gyms are closed. But yeah. uh, so far I've, I've visited a few times and then I did my fight camp there. Okay. So I haven't been there too long. I'd say a total of three, four months I've been training there. 
Uh, once the gyms are open again, I do plan on going back to Montreal and training with uh, Faraz Zahabi under um, at, at TriStar. But yeah, they have really good wrestling. Uh, they're, a, I would say, a grappling-based gym. Um, you can really improve your grappling game there. Um, and it's great for pro fighters because it's just like the mecca of MMA. They have fighters from all over the world visiting all the time. And there's just tons of partners and bodies to spar with, especially at your weight class. Nice. So did you have a wrestling background uh, before, you before you started doing MMA? I didn't. A lot of people think that I do, but I think I just naturally have a, uh, a double egg. <laughs> and the truth is, is, it's just that double and single that I, I'm good at. Yeah. Um, but um, I learned my wrestling through just training jiu-jitsu. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I was really impressed uh, by your wrestling in your uh, 1FC debut. Thank you. Thank no you. worries. Um, so what are your thoughts on uh, Chatri Sityadtang and his kind of approach to uh, promotion, doing it more from that kind of holistic standpoint and promoting those better aspects of martial arts? I love it. And I, I see, um, not only do I love it, I see a lot of people as well can see the good in him. And uh, it's great because he focuses a lot on the fighters. Like if you compare UFC and one championship, when their fighters walk out of the, the you know, the, the ring to walk into to the cage, you know, there's lights flashing and it's just a huge, huge scene and they make a really big, big, big deal for their fighters. And they also promote their fighters all the time on their social media. Um, I'm a very new fighter for them, but they've been promoting me a lot. Um, and no other organization has ever promoted me through their uh, channel besides one championship. I'd seen a, a video of him doing like a kind of pre-fight uh, prep talk, like pep talk to his athletes. Mm -hmm. uh, did you receive one of those before your event or did they kind of? I actually, I actually did. Yeah. So okay. surprisingly, yeah. it was my debut and uh, he came up to me and he, you know, put a shoulder on me and told me like, you know, good luck, just be yourself. Uh, don't be nervous and you're going to kill it. Uh, there's actually a video of it. I posted on my Instagram of that and uh, it means a lot. And it's, it's special that the, the, the CEO, the owner would come up to me, who's, I'm not a big name and he'd come up to me and, and talk to me and tell me that. That's awesome. Um, so on social media and on your YouTube, you respond to all the comments, all the DMS. That's actually how we got in touch. Uh, how do you find the time to do that? And why is your uh, fans and audience so important to you? Uh, well, I mean, first, of all, I started this channel because I like helping others. I like interacting with others. Obviously, there are those who you know leave negative comments or ask you know inappropriate questions, and those are the people I don't want to respond to. But if I see that someone is genuine, there's never a time where I won't respond. You know, I'll try to help as much as I can. Um, what was the first question? How do I how how do I find the time to yeah, answer? Just, Sorry. <laughs> um, honestly. As bad as it sounds, I usually have my phone on me quite often, like my phone's right beside me. And if I get a ding, if I hear a ding on my phone, I'll respond. And if I'm responding right away, it's really not that bad. Now, I release, like, for example, I release a video on Saturdays, every Saturday once a week. And uh, I'll make sure that that day I will have the web page open to my comments and kind of respond as the day goes on. Whereas if uh, a Saturday goes by and then a Sunday goes by and then I try to respond to the comments, then there's way too much. And then it, you know, sometimes when that has happened, I would be like, oh, there's too much comments. I don't want to respond anymore. But if I answer them, you know, as they go or as they come, it's really not that bad. Okay, nice. And uh, you had uh, 
almost or a bit over two years off uh, since your last fight. Uh, did you find that ring rust played much of a role? Um, like, did you find it uh, affected your performance? Um, to be honest, I, I don't think it did. Uh, just like what Dominic Cruz says, he doesn't believe in ring rust. Um, it's not just because I haven't fought in years doesn't mean I haven't been training. I'm always training. I'm always training hard. So, um, no, I feel like there weren't any ring rusts. And speaking of Dominic Cruz, what did you uh, make of the Cejudo fight? I don't know about you, but I, I felt like he was moving a lot more than he usually does. Almost like, <laughs> I don't know. He was moving a lot. Uh, I felt like uh, um, Henry saw his, his strategy right away and, you know, chopped the legs. And, and although I agree the stoppage might have been a bit too early because he was getting up, yeah. I, I, in my opinion, Henry was winning the fight. And I also think that he would have won the fight if he did not stop or if the ref did not uh, stop the fight at that time. Okay. How yeah. about yourself? Uh, I agree. I think it, it's got stops pretty early, but uh, I do think that Cejudo was doing a great job and he definitely caught him with that knee. One thing I was thinking is, uh, I don't know if you knew, but uh, Dominic Cruz has been releasing like a bunch of videos on his footwork, breaking down all the aspects of it. Um, and I was thinking like, that's kind of a bit dangerous going into a fight, releasing all your strategies. Cause I feel like potentially Cejudo's camp maybe, uh, like picked it apart and they were able to kind of tell them how to uh, exploit it. Uh, is that something you ever worry about uh, as someone who releases so much content on uh, strategy? I definitely believe it is a disadvantage and I've, I'm always actually asked the same question. Um, first, I feel like if anyone wants to study, you know, my movement, they could just watch any of my previous fights and there's no way I could, uh, you know, hide any of that or stop any of that so if they want to get a clear picture of how i fight they can already find that through my fights um now with my youtube channel although i release lots of content i'm that guy who imitates several fighters you know like i'll go into a sparring session and i'll be like i'm, I'm gonna only try like seven of these seven combos that's used by like alexander volskanovsky and uh, i just do it for fun so i'm always releasing all this content of me doing and trying all these different moves so you really don't know which ones I'm going to use unless you just watch my fights. But then at the end of the day, if I wasn't releasing content and you watch my fights, you'd still get the same results. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, one thing I really like about your content is how you'll break down a technique and then you'll show multiple clips of your sparring, using the technique, using it successfully, using it unsuccessfully and kind of uh, saying what went wrong. Um, you also broke down your fight. How long did it take you to break down uh, your last fight before you posted that video? Um, it took me less than a day, like just a few hours, maybe an hour, maybe less to edit and everything, maybe a little bit longer, but to break down, it was quite simple. Do you do all your own editing? I do. Yeah. Nice. I mean, and, uh, I do my own editing, but I have my fiance who does the back end stuff and, uh, helps me with the aesthetics of, of the font size and, okay. and yeah. Nice. Um, and I read in an interview that, uh, you actually, uh, your Instagram got uh, taken down or something after uh, you had responded to so many comments. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, they blocked it and uh, I didn't have, I couldn't respond to any comments for, I think it was like seven days. And uh, yeah. Did they, they thought you were a bot or? I mean, it's not confirmed what they thought, but my assumption was that uh, 
because I was responding to so many and it's, <clears throat> to be honest, it was a lot of the same replies like, thank you, thank you, brother, you know, thank you so much for the support. Yeah. So it was very competitive. So maybe uh, they thought it was some sort of bot and, and then they just put a hold on my account. Okay. And uh, you have an online training program, uh, the MMA Striker. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell me a bit about that and uh, what that program kind of entails? So it's a 19 chapter program and it essentially summarizes uh, everything that I believe is effective and everything that basically my best, you know, techniques and strategies that I've uh, learned throughout my 13, 14 years of martial arts training. Uh, Just like my content, I include sparring footage to back up everything that I teach. It's primarily striking, wrestling, takedown defense, and then very uh, fundamentals of jujitsu. So that's why I call it the MMA striker because it's primarily striking. Um, And the striking is not like, although I have a Muay Thai background, I strike with a karate stance. I have a very wide and low stance, like an MMA stance versus a Muay Thai stance. So that's another reason why I call it the MMA striker because it's for those who are striking an MMA, meaning you have to worry about the takedowns. You have the option to go for the takedown if you want, uh, et cetera. And uh, for your stance and your uh, kind of uh, more crouched and sideways stance, did you kind of develop that over time or did you start out in Muay Thai with that more traditional square on uh, up tall stance? I did start with a very tall, uh, narrow weight shifted to my rear leg and light on the lead foot, you know, super, super tight guard. Uh, I find I learn a lot from watching other fighters. So I used to watch Boakow a lot, you know, everyone knows who he is and, you know, he just marches forward, you know, he doesn't eat the shots. He, He blocks it with his gloves, but he just, you know, charges forward very light on the lead foot and just throws that left kick, left kick, left kick. I used to have that style. But then I found that, um, I mean, even if you're blocking with the gloves, it still hurts your head. You're still getting hit. You're still losing brain cells. And then at that point, when I saw George St. Pierre fight, that's when I decided that I would uh, change it up a bit and copy his style. He's very low, wide stance, and he moves in and out, in and out. And uh, I I literally just copied him, and then it just became my style. So I'd say I like to strike with Muay Thai weapons, but I have a defensive strategy uh, like karate. Was Muay Thai your first martial art? Yes, it was. Nice. How long ago did you start? I started in 2007, I believe. So I was 15, about turning 16. Okay. Was that at Awama? It was at Awama, yeah. Okay, nice. And Crew yeah. Jeff Harrison was one of my first coaches. Okay, nice. Yeah, I used to be at Awama and then I, I switched to uh, New Era Combat Sports once uh, they opened up. Um, you also do. Uh, uh, like train and travel tour groups. Um, could you tell me a bit about that, uh, where they are and uh, kind of just the details of those? So usually I do a two week. I mean, I've only had two. I was supposed to have my third one, but it got canceled due to uh, COVID-19. Uh, but what it is, is essentially I host a two week camp where I'll be teaching grappling, jujitsu. I mean, jiu-jitsu, grap- uh, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai wrestling. Uh, and it's going to be it would be two times a day plus cardio every day. And it's just a group of passionate martial arts who gets together and train and hang out. Um, I've held it in Thailand and Bali so far. And those are great vacation destinations because the food is so cheap. Uh, just the cost of living in general is very cheap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I watched actually one of your vlogs on the one in Bali, the, the place that you guys are staying looks so beautiful. Um, yeah. It was an awesome place. 
And where did you stay when you were in Thailand? In Thailand, I was in Phuket. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, had you been to Thailand previously before that? Yes, I've been to Thailand uh, once before then. Uh, now, now it's three times I've been to Thailand. Okay, nice. Where did you train the first time you went? I went to a gym called Kong Sita. It's okay. actually, yeah, Kong Sita is actually the, uh, it's the gym where I started my YouTube channel. So okay. I don't know if you heard of the uh, Sean Fagan, the Muay Thai guy. Yeah, yeah. So he's, uh, he's actually a friend and mentor of mine, and he's the one who okay. inspired me to start my channel. So I actually attended his first, you know, training camp in Thailand back in 2016. And, uh, you know, I was very inspired by what he did. You know, he lived in Thailand at the time. He didn't live in Thailand, but he uh, was hosting his first camp there. And uh, I mean, he, he didn't work a regular job. He did what he loved. And he told me like, Hey, you can do the same thing. Why don't you start your own channel? And I'm like, I guess so. Sure. Why not? And he actually let me use his camera to film my first few videos. And he's actually in my first two videos okay. and uh, it just started from there. Yeah. Him and John Wayne Parr are who inspired me to go to Thailand the first time. Awesome. Awesome. John Wayne Parr is a very cool guy. Yeah. He's another guy who like responds to all his followers. Like I've messaged him before and he got right back to me. Uh, oh, that's cool awesome. guy. Um, a couple of your students uh, got, tattoos of uh, your logo on them while uh, in the Bali training camp. Uh, could you tell me a bit about what your logo means, like the meaning behind it? So there's a bunch of, there's a square here, square here, square here. And basically uh, it stands for di multi-dimensional. So we're in a very multi-dimensional sport, meaning, you know, there's various ways to work out and there's so many various techniques and combinations. And that's what it stands for uh, to be open-minded. There's no, specific style i'm always not only am i open to always learning i'm always trying to learn different styles um you know i used to be very uh straightforward and close-minded with martial arts and i would be like muay thai is the only striking that's effective you know whoever trains taekwondo karate wing chun you know whatever other martial arts is not effective but now as i'm growing as a martial artist i'm seeing that all martial arts work it just depends on how good you're at it and who is the one using the, the martial arts. Nice. Uh, when did you start to kind of adopt that new mindset of being more open to different styles? Mm, I would say when I, when I changed my style from, you know, more Waka style to more of a George St. Pierre style, um, I realized that you don't need to fight with a tight guard all the time. Your hands can drop sometimes, you know, you can have a wide stance and, as I started getting more involved in MMA, that's when I realized that, yeah, mixed martial arts is not just Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu and wrestling. It's any kind of strike you want in grappling, wrestling, Judo, etc. Nice. And uh, before you went to uh, uh, TriStar, you were training uh, uh, Barhaven. Uh, I forget what the new name yeah, of it uh, is. Barhaven Martial Arts Center. Barhaven Martial Arts Center. Uh, uh, you're a trainer there as well, right? And do you have a stake in that business? Like, are you involved in no, the... I'm just purely an instructor there. Um, the owner is Nick Castiglia and Mark Holst. And uh, those two, you know, along with Jeff Harrison, those two were my first uh, coaches. And, um, you know, I don't... Uh, it's not that I don't want to train a new era, but as you know, they're gym politics and I don't want to get involved in any of that. So since I was already training there, I decided to just stay stay with them. 
Makes sense. I actually had my first uh, Muay Thai uh, class ever at uh, that location back when it was still uh, an OAMA branch, like at the grand opening. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was Crew Jeff that uh, taught that class. And then uh, I think it oh, was like awesome. four or five months later, I, I got on a plane to Thailand and, and then I just been loving Muay Thai ever since. And now I'm trying That's to amazing. transition a bit to MMA, but uh, I'm kind of uh, finding myself uh, needing to adjust my style as well because i'm in that really tall muay thai kind of like you're saying the uh mm-hmm. so yeah it's a it's interesting uh transition for sure because um the two sports martial arts i do is wrestling and then muay thai which are so different one you're completely bent over and then one <laughs> yeah. you're super tall so it's i'm gonna have to try and find like a medium in between find that little balance yeah yeah any uh recommendations you would give I mean, I would, I mean, you're in the same boat as me, except you actually have res- real wrestling background. Um, I would just try to continue using your Muay Thai sh- weapons, but stay in your wrestling stance, <laughs> right? You're in your wrestling stance, you strike with your roundhouse kicks, low kicks, Muay Thai. And if your opponent runs in forward at you, you're already in that low stance for that double leg shot. So one of my main reasons why I love the, the stance is because if I'm up against someone aggressive and he moves forward at you, I have my shot right there. Yeah. And uh, I'd have to say that I guess I naturally just have that timing or, I mean, I, I drilled it a lot, but I have that timing for that takedown. And if they're not rushing forward at me, then, you know, I take my time. I see. Another confusing thing for me is that uh, I'm a left leg lead in Muay Thai and then a right leg lead in wrestling. So I'm having to adjust as stance as you too. <laughs> me too. Actually, if, uh, if you want to try it out, one of my favorite moves that people have caught on now is that because I'm a southpaw wrestler, even though I'm an orthodox striker, I'll shoot in southpaw stance. So one of my favorite moves actually to, um, to time the takedown is when my opponent is rushing forward at me, I'll back step into southpaw and then shoot. Mm-hmm. Or I'll throw um, a low kick and as my low kick rack tracks back to my stance, if my partner is coming to counter, I take another step back to bait them in and then I shoot for the double leg. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'll have to give that a try once uh, quarantine's over and can get back to sparring and whatnot. Yeah. Um, when do you think uh, 1FC will get back to uh, uh, competition and whatnot? Honestly, it's hard to say. It really depends on what everyone else is doing. I mean, it's great for UFC that they're holding events, holding private events, but I mean, I'm not saying it's irresponsible, but it's, uh, it can be dangerous for those who are at risk with COVID-19. Um, I think it's better to play, play safe. Like for, even for me personally, I'm not going out. I'm actually living with my mom right now and I don't want to take any chance of getting my mother sick. For sure. uh, and I think that's how they're you know, going about it as well. And once lockdown lifts you know, everywhere, I'm sure they'll start holding their events. Nice. Yeah, especially with UFC, like uh, they do do the water cutting. So their immune systems are a lot more compromised probably than exactly. at one FC. So it's more of a risk. Uh, I saw you're doing some uh, training with your mother. How long have you guys been uh, in pads for? <laughs> it's been this Saturday will be a month, a month and like a day or something. And I'm actually okay. planning on releasing a uh, the 30 day challenge of her training. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, hmm. um, sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, what do you do for time management? Like you, you uh, run your own camps, travel and state camps. Uh, you have your YouTube channel, your trainer, your fighter. Uh, how do you find time for everything? Uh, 
Um, I would say the main thing I prioritize, I mean, if I have a fight coming up, then it would be training. Uh, if I don't have a fight coming up, then my main priority is to make content. But I'm only able to do all this because I've been fortunate enough to have my fiance help me film everything. So she'll film like every sparring session I have. Um, she'll help me with all the back end things of the business. So the website, uh, as I mentioned before, the aesthetics. So she actually helps a lot. She cooks for me. She, she does a lot for me. So Nice. Uh, do you guys have a date in mind or has it been affected by the whole quarantine? Um, it's, we were supposed to get married in 2021 of February, but I believe we might have to delay it just a bit because of COVID-19. Hmm. Were you going to do it in Ottawa or? Um, either Ottawa or Toronto. We're, we're just doing a small one. Uh, very, very small, small wedding. Nice. Um, well, that's about all the questions I had for you. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No worries. Hopefully Fun. we can uh, train in the future sometime. Definitely. I mean, if you're at New Era, I mean, if you're in Ottawa in general, I'm sure I'll bump into you. Sweet. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, man. Have a good day. You too.